Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Midnight Mass, book six, Acts of the Apostles, is the episode of Midnight Mass, the limited series on Netflix that I will be talking about in this episode. So if you haven't seen this episode of Midnight Mass, I would highly recommend watching it, checking it out before listening to or watching to this show because I'm going to spoil it. I'm going to be talking about it in detail. Every bit, piece, beat of this episode I will be talking about. Uh, as we left off, so let's get it started. As we left off in the last episode, Riley told uh, Aaron about him being transformed into a vampire and uh, brought her out into the ocean in a rowboat, not to scare her, not to change her, but to commit suicide, basically, uh, because he isn't strong enough. He wasn't strong enough, which is... You know, something that he said multiple times, uh, but it never really felt... What he said never really felt uh, like it matched up with his character at all. Um, And he told her this and did this, committed suicide via Sunrise, uh, in order to prove to her that his story was true and to convince her to run. Uh, Although knowing that she would probably stay to fight uh, what is happening to Crockett Island. Um, and of course, uh, so this one opens with his ashes, his ash remains and, uh, fragments of his clothes, uh, in the boat. Of course, Aaron traumatized, uh, from seeing him burn up in front of her and she rows herself back to the, the shore, just parks the boat, doesn't bother to tie it up. I guess, I mean, she just saw somebody that they just said they loved each other and then he burst into flames. You know, I guess it makes sense that she she wouldn't really care about a rowboat getting tied up. Cut to uh, people waking up and discovering the letters that Riley left them, which I didn't didn't remember seeing him leave letters, but obviously he did. You see his parents waking up. You see his brother Warren waking up. Uh, discovering these letters that he wrote them. Uh, Cut to Aaron walking through town. She sees Sturge putting uh, the sign up for the church, uh, for mass that will be held at midnight. Everybody's welcome. Uh, She walks herself over to Dr. Aaron's house, one of the only people she feels she can trust, asking for help. Uh, She tells her the story of what happened in the boat, the story that Riley told her, she's uh, convinced that she's crazy. Uh, you know, asking if the doctor thinks she's crazy, because it is definitely a crazy story. Uh, but the doctor uh, goes into a story of her own, as everybody does in this show. Uh, nobody just talks normally. They all have stories. Whether it's a question or to answer or to guide the conversation, everybody discusses everything in story. Uh, which I guess makes sense because this is like tying vampires to religion and a big part of Christianity and the Bible are stories. Uh, these stories that are supposed to give meaning, not to be taken literally. However, they tend to be used 
uh, either as excuses to be taken literally or, I mean, it's really a, a catch-all, as we saw in the last episode, how easily you can use Bible verses to justify whatever you want to do, whether it's killing somebody for no reason or to, uh, you know, do a lot more damage. Uh, there is a passage somewhere in that Bible that will justify your actions and, and excuse it as being God working through you. Uh, but anyway, she, she tells her a story. Dr. Dr. Sarah tells her a story about this doctor who uh, there were two medical situations, uh, places that were dealt with childbirth. One was run by midwives. The other was run by medical professionals. And there was a big discrepancy of the children who were dying. And the, the place that was the children were dying the most was the, the children who were delivered via the medical uh, establishment. And nobody could figure out why. Because it doesn't make any sense. Of course, the people who know science and medicine should be uh, more successful at delivering live babies. And this was because germ theory hadn't been discovered yet. And the doctor came up with this idea that people should wash their hands uh, between doing an autopsy and delivering a baby. Uh, maybe the diseases that were rampant in a, a dead body might be the cause of killing babies. And of course, after he did this, uh, the, the child mortality rate went down. Uh, but people didn't believe him. They were still two decades away from people believing in germ theory. And he was shunned and imprisoned and, and uh, people didn't believe him. Which is like trying to, it seems like this move, this show. On some, I mean, one thing is trying to blend the idea of vampires with r the Christian religion, right? Vampires are angels you know, that's why in the Bible people are always afraid of the angels because they look like vampires. Uh, you know, it, it does the whole communion thing with drinking the blood and eating the body is very similar to what vampires do. There are a lot of similarities between the vampire mythology and Catholicism or Christianity. So I get that. It is a convenient blending and merging of those two things in order to tell this story. This this to have this mini series makes sense. And Dr. Sarah and Aaron are on the side of science and trying and same with Riley. We're on the side of trying to explain what's going on using medicine, using science, but also it seems to be on some level justifying a lot of the people today who are skeptical about science because they think, you know, the fringe scientists, especially going through a pandemic, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of fringe scientists got a lot of popularity because of a lot of, you know, celebrities that want to pretend like they're medical professionals and, you know, pushing dewormer as a, a cure, a magical cure for a virus. Uh, so it kind of feels like that in some ways, justifying fringe science. But in, in, in all essence, it's, Sarah's just trying to explain scientifically why these anomalies might be happening. And she's telling her, like, there's these things that we just don't know in science, which is true. We don't know everything in science, but the thing with science is that it's repeatable. You can prove it. 
Uh, everything that is known and believed in science today is because it has been tested and proven over and over again. And we're constantly learning new things. So that is true. And when new things are learned, it may take time, but eventually it becomes a consensus. Regardless, she tells her this story about these kids, and, and she's doing that in a way to say, it's like, well, that guy was thought to be crazy, so, you know, I guess you're crazy too. And then she goes and shows her, talks about her mom's blood and how she wants to send her mom's blood to get tested, but she keeps wanting to try and do this, and she talks about how, you know, experiments are constantly... Uh, repeated to be proven. So she pours a little bit of the her mom's blood into a Petri dish and then talks about, so you said Riley burned up in the sunlight, right? Just burst into flames. And then she puts the Petri dish of blood in the sunlight and it burns up. She's like, I guess we're both crazy. Right, which is, you know, okay, you're explaining vampires through science. Like there's a scientific reason for people to have a thirst for blood they need iron they're anemic and their blood for whatever reason you know people have light sensitivity and there's this thing where people have all of these issues and maybe this is just like a version of that it's in the same family of that and then of course uh miss gunning's uh, her mom dr sarah's mom walks in looking younger even still aaron's like blown away how young she looks but it's like, it's so, like, okay, like, if you were a person of science and your mom goes from being near her death, old as hell, dementia, and now she's looking younger than you and clear-minded and everything, like, I guess you would definitely try and figure out how science can prove this happening. But, I don't know, people just act very nonchalantly with the, the whole thing. Um, so she sees how young her mom is and all that stuff. Cut to uh, Miss Keen showing up at Pruitt's, closing all the curtains because of the sunlight, and Pruitt's telling her that he feels similarly to when he could feel that Lisa was able to walk. He feels that Riley is gone. He just knows that Riley is no longer there. And Miss Keen is upset. She's like, oh, who could he have told? Who who could he have spread the news to? That's what I'm worried about. I mean, she's just a hater anyway. She's jealous that the angel, quote-unquote, chose him to begin with. Uh, but they feel he's he's gone. She's worried about who he may have talked to. And and even, even Pruitt's like, it was a gift, and he just spat it up. They're just very down on Riley not appreciating the gift, the quote-unquote gift he was given of being a vampire which is whatever cut back to uh the three women the aaron sarah and uh miss gunning sitting around the table talking about scientifically breaking down that there's this blood disorder called epp where it's like you have light sensitivity and maybe this is just a different version of that uh same with anemia they could be an iron deficiency and that's why they thirst for blood because there's a lot of iron in blood really just trying to to explain it instead of using mythology and religion explaining it using science which is it's interesting you know the show trying to show the 
different ways in which you can explain this anomaly, this idea of vampires, which is interesting. Uh, and she also says that Aaron's blood also burned up and that she thinks that something like a parasite or a virus or something is being uh, distributed through the church, through communion. And everybody, that's what's causing all of these miracles, causing cells to regenerate and all of these things. And that is the same reason she asks about, Aaron asks about her, her uh, fetus that disappeared, Littlefoot just disappearing and, and just effortlessly, yep, that's probably what happened. So that's like, in, just in a short moment, explains away her fetus disappearing, which seemed like it was going to be a bigger thing. But just effortlessly, it's like, yeah, it's just because cells regenerating, usually the body protects itself from attacking this foreign body known as a fetus. But maybe with this virus that's going on, that's what made it disappear. It's like, okay, okay. It's just like these big things just like effortlessly, like it seemed like it was going to be a bigger deal, but it wasn't. It was just like, okay, whatever. That's, uh, that's, uh, it's, you know, the fetus is gone. Deal with it. And then, uh, both Miss Gunning is saying that she's definitely not going to be going to church tonight. She forbade her daughter from going as well, obviously. Not that her daughter even was going to church anyway. Uh, but Aaron said she was going, she's going to go. Uh, and she says that Aaron, that Riley told her to run. But then later she says, Riley sacrificed everything for me to stay and help, which doesn't make any sense. It like literally goes against why he told her he, he wanted to warn her and kill himself to show her that he was true because he wants her to run. Uh, he knew that she would want to stay and help, but that is not what he sacrificed everything for. Uh, regardless, she, she admits that he died and wants her, like the last thing he wanted her to do is run, but you know, she's, she's wants to protect people, her true nature, uh, cut to Riley's dad visiting Mr. Pruitt knocks on the door, walks in and sees the whole gang is there. You have Miss Keen, you have Sturge, you have the Scarboroughs. Obviously, Mr. Pruitt, everybody that knows what's going on is there. They're having a meeting. Miss Scarborough is crying. Uh, they're having a meeting, and the Riley's dad wants to talk to Mr. Pruitt. I'll talk to Father Paul, I guess, and uh, asks to go on a walk. Obviously, it's daytime, so he can't go out and, on a stroll. You know, now the sun, like for a while... Mr. Pruitt was fine in the sun, but then he died, apparently. He didn't die when the, the vampire attacked him, unlike when the vampire attacked Riley. Riley died immediately, but for, for Father Paul, he got attacked by the vampire and then didn't really... He wasn't dead, so the sun didn't... I don't know. The reasoning for him not being affected by the sun until later, I think, is only in place because it would have made sense how he got there to begin with and to do any of the masses during the day until he finally died. 
but he can't now. Sunlight hurts him now. So everybody volunteers to leave Mr. Pruitt's place and let them alone to talk. And, uh, of course, Riley's dad, always expecting the worst of his son, says that he found these letters. What his son wrote in these letters is crazy. He thinks his son is in a bad place. Uh, and, of course, Father Paul agrees with them because, of course, you know, he, he has to, uh, you know, act like he doesn't know what happened to Riley. And uh, he br so apparently Riley's dad brings these letters that probably say Mr. Pruitt is a vampire and all of these things happen. I would imagine Riley in these letters said all of the things that he told Aaron. But, of course, his dad immediately and probably his mom instantaneously do not believe Riley and only trust Father Paul. So he brings Father Paul all these letters. One of the letters was uh, labeled addressed to Mr. Pruitt. So he asked Father Paul to give this letter to Mr. Pruitt. Obviously, they're the same man. Uh, but, you know, he's... The reasoning for it is mind-blowing. It, it's just, okay, his dad didn't like his son, clearly. Always thought the worst of his son. Blamed his son instantly. Like, when his son didn't show up, instantly thought he was, you know, back on the wagon. Everybody, for some reason, just jumping to the conclusion that Riley would kill himself. Obviously, he did, but only because he was turned into a vampire. Just everybody seems very, like like dismissive of Riley like instantaneously which is a bummer um so he gives them these letters uh he doesn't want to go to the cops because if his son is in a bad way he doesn't want to be responsible for his son getting locked up again again just thinking the worst also it's like okay if your son is suicidal that's not he's not going to like, it like, doesn't really make any sense. You know, your son's missing. Even if he's off the wagon, like, you don't want to involve the police. But, like, what if he's just depressed and wants to kill himself? And, you know, you don't want the police to stop him from killing him? Like, you would rather him be dead than go back to prison? I don't really understand the justification. But that is the justification for Riley's dad not getting the police involved. Wanting to just... We're not going to trust people whose job is supposedly to help serve and protect, even though it's technically not. Uh, I'm going to go to a priest. So Father Pruitt tells him, or Father Paul tells him to just think, assume the best, because he's assuming the worst. You know, so just assume the best, which I'm sure is something that his dad has never done for his son, to assume the best. Uh, he ends up giving him the letters, one of which is for Father Pruitt. Uh, and uh, after Riley's dad leaves, Father Paul, a.k.a. Pruitt, opens that letter. And it says, remember, we are all dust, and to dust we shall return. Probably a quote from the Bible. You know, I guess not really kind of a nothing statement. Like you're going to write a letter to a person that you know to have transformed you into a vampire 
you know this guy is using that same technique to create these quote-unquote miracles and you write a letter to him and the last thing you have to say to him is a quote from the bible uh that we're all gonna die someday it's like okay i guess i guess that's the thing cut to aaron goes to visit riley's mom right because they're planning on trying to protect people and she goes there to try and invite the family to go with her to the mainland uh, and she doesn't go. She's like, silly, it's, it's mass tonight. It's Easter mass tonight. Uh, but why don't you tell? She assumes Aaron knows where Riley is, and she asks her to just have Riley come home. I mean, we're worried about him, right? Because they're assuming that he's out partying and he just doesn't want to go home because he doesn't want to upset his parents or whatever. They're assuming the worst. So Aaron tells her, it's like, listen, Riley is dead. And his mom's reaction is, fuck you, bitch. She pushes her away. How could you say that? Like, she doesn't want to believe Aaron is, for whatever reason, she instantly believes that Aaron is telling a a lie for some reason. She's lying about Riley being dead for some reason, and she attacks Riley, and she's angry. She's like, get out of here. I can't believe you would say something like that. Really a reaction that doesn't make any sense. If somebody, if a childhood friend came back, somebody that's, you know, nice, she goes to church with you, she's part of your cult, she's taking the communion too, like, she cares about Riley, why would she lie about him being dead? Why? Why would that be the thing she's lying about? And then why would your reaction to her saying that be like anger and aggression doesn't make any sense whatever she pushes her away how could you do that um and of course she leaves so she's like whatever it like doesn't make any sense that interaction at all let's take a little break from the ray taylor show to promote my live art streams that's right i am an artist as well as a podcaster and i paint live every thursday at 4 20 pacific time head on over the best place ever for streaming youtube.com slash inspired disorder that's right every thursday at 4 20 you can watch me paint the many faces every week i paint seven new faces of abstract portraits ink on paper and you can watch that happen could hang out with me while I listen to a classic episode from one of my favorite podcasts. Head on over to youtube.com slash inspired disorder and check it out. Say hi. Let's hang out. Let's have some fun. And let's paint some faces. Now let's get back to the show. Uh, cut to Dr. Sarah is at the sheriff's department, the office, the back of the store. Uh, and she's trying to explain to the sheriff what she believes is going on, that there is a contagion being spread through the church that is causing these things these are things that are happening in the town she scientifically believes that these things could be uh real and that they could be spreading and that would explain why lisa is being able to walk that explains why people are looking younger which if the sheriff had seen anybody that's definitely looking younger like he would I mean, somebody started, like, he's somebody that's supposed to be grounded on some level. 
And to have a doctor come in with a scientific explanation for what's going on and having a situation where she thinks she knows why and where it's happening. And he's like, let me tell you a story. You know why I'm here? Well, after 9-11, I wanted to do good. And I eventually signed up for the police, and I kept working hard and doing my work and moving up and eventually became part of a counterterrorism thing because I wanted to protect America. But then what happened? Everybody in law enforcement realized all of the Muslims who had been promoted to all of these things because they had been promoted because of their knowledge of and language and cultural knowledge of Muslims and people of the Middle East. But now it turned, and now he was the villain. And the one time he mildly spoke up about something, he got shunned and got knocked down to being uh, you know, just a regular, regular cop in cop clothes, getting, you know, just like, so because of racism, he got abused. He got chewed up and spit out by a system that isn't really there to serve and protect uh, the, the law enforcement. And that's why he chose to move. After his wife died, he's like, I can't deal with this anymore. I'm going to go to this small town where I can just disappear and I can just, you know, make people happy that I'm doing what I do. So I don't intimidate. I don't overshare or overstep or intrude in any way. I don't even carry a gun. And still, still, Beverly Keene and a few others too look at me like I'm Osama bin fucking Laden. And you'd like me to investigate St. Patrick's. So even trying to escape racism and in trying to escape doing this, he's still thought of as he's still dealing with racism obviously i mean he moved to an island a, a heavily religious island you know a, a cult a cult within a cult of people and he is the other and the thing a lot of people in this country especially nowadays is attacking are attacking are the others the minorities the marginalized groups anything that's not a straight white conservative male is attacked in america in 2022 although this show came out a couple years later earlier but so it makes sense why he's hesitant also he's a cop so you know just being a cop cops will regularly think of any reason not to do their job uh and you know so he doesn't want to do it he doesn't want to overstep uh, and they both like he's like, listen, you have this like secondhand knowledge from Riley, who is not reliable to begin with. Like everybody's shitting on Riley like he was doing. The dude served his time in jail is doing everything, doing meetings, doing there is no sign of him backstepping or or any of this. He doesn't seem suicidal. He doesn't seem like he was even tempted to drink unlike joe who clearly was tempted to drink but like 
everybody just assuming the worst for Riley, a very unreliable person because he made a mistake. Like, I don't know if anybody watching this has any friends that have ever gotten DUIs, but DUIs are very, I mean, maybe they didn't kill somebody in their DUI, but DUIs happen all the time. A lot of people, if you lived in San, I live in San Diego, it's hard to find somebody who grew up in San Diego without a DUI. Like they, you just, they just, that's part of living there in, in a lot of situations. It's more rare to find people that don't have a DUI that spent college in San Diego. Right. But in this story, in this show, like it is, people are just like, Ooh, you're, you're a horrible person. You are the scum of the earth. Uh, I don't know. You're very unreliable. Anyway. Cut to Aaron and the two Gunnings, the mother and daughter Gunning, uh, are going to the dock because they want to take their blood samples to the mainland. They also want to get off the island because something's going to happen. So they go to the docks. Both fairies aren't there, which for Miss Gunning, the older of Gunning, she's like, I can remember one time in my entire life where the fairies didn't run on time. And so it's very unusual for both fairies to be out for maintenance. And you have Sturge clearly sabotaging the, the boats that are there, just holding, like, you know, a piece of mechanics in his hand, like electrical. Just He's sabotaging all the boats, clearly. That's what's happening. He's part of the crew, the god crew. He's sabbed, making sure nobody can get off offshore, making excuses. Definitely saying that, you know, this is the mayor's, the mayor told me to do this stuff, which doesn't make any sense why they would be doing that the day before Easter Sunday. You know, just obvious, clear as day. They all know, like, this doesn't make any sense. But he makes sure to tell them, make sure to promote the Easter Vigil. Make sure you guys go to the Easter Vigil. Why would you want to go to the mainland? It's the Easter Vigil tonight. So now it's nighttime. Cut to the sheriff finally filling out a missing persons thing for Riley. And, of course, the electricity goes out. He looks at his clock. It's 7.50, so it's close to the time. Well, I guess it's still a few hours away from midnight mass. Uh, but 7.50 is when the electricity goes out. He gives Sturge a call to see what's up. And, of course, Sturge is standing right by the power station because he is the one that just turned off the power. He doesn't tell the sheriff that, of course. Uh, and w the mayor is standing there with, with Sturge because, obviously, they're trying to, you know, really, if if there's no TV on and you can't get off the island... What else is there to do but Easter Vigil? We need to get as many people to the church as possible. So he calls Sturge, and Sturge is like, I don't know. I'll go check it out. And, uh, you know, just lies. And then, of course, hangs up, and he's clearly takes the fuses out. So even if they flip the switch, it won't turn on. And he tells the mayor that he is uh, sabotaged about half the boats, but he'll get to the other half before vigil starts so uh, apparently in the dark he's gonna strip away all the you know disable all the other boats uh 
which, you know, I, I don't see anybody leaving at 8, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, half the boats are disabled. Cut to uh, you have the three women in the kitchen. You have, you know, Aaron, Sarah, and her mom talking about what they can do, talking about the sabotage they clearly think is happening giving their opinions on what's going on. Aaron says she's going to go. This is where she says that Riley sacrificed everything for me to help, which is not what he did. He literally tells her to run. She literally said moments ago, Riley told me to run. But now she's saying, Riley sacrificed everything for me to help. And again, Miss Gunning is like, well, I... I forbid my daughter to go. We are not going. We are not going to go. But Aaron says she's going to go. Um, cut to the sheriff is praying. Ali is not praying. He's watching. Uh, invites his dad to go to church because there's supposed to be a big surprise. Uh, he wants to share a miracle. The Father Paul wants to share a miracle. And if he does, he wants his dad there with him to see it. Right. He wants to prove to his dad. It's like, listen, dad, I am completely brainwashed. I have drank the Kool-Aid. I have drank the communion. They've allowed me to apparently. Right. Earlier in the series, they're not going to allow you to drink communion. But obviously they want as many people to drink communion as possible. So wouldn't be the first time uh, a religion would, you know, break the rules, especially with children. Uh, do the wrong thing and, and make sure Ali gets his communion. Uh, but he's, he's definitely uh, on the side of all of that uh, and wants his dad to join. And his dad's like, no, we, I do not want to go to that. Cut to Miss Keene is outside the Scarborough. She's got candles. She has planned for them to walk through town. She's got the whole route laid out. She wants them to sing carols. She knows the exact hymns that she wants to sing. Lighting candles, holding candles, singing, and as everybody to go to the church. Which is okay. So they're going to be caroling through town in order to remind people that Easter Vigil is starting and to follow them and to light their candles and follow and sing on their way to church. As they pass by the Gunning House... Where Aaron said she was going to go, but both Gunning said, no, we're not going to go. They hear the caroling going on outside. They blow out the candles and join them. Multiple times, the Gunnings, we're not going to go. I forbid you to go. You should not go. And effortlessly, without discussion, as soon as the carolers walk by, we're all going. So they go outside and join the caroling along with everybody else. I understand why Aaron would do it. She thinks that Riley sacrificed everything for her to fix stuff. Uh, but it makes no sense why the Gunnings would, obviously, to give her support, I guess. But after why, it just doesn't make any sense. It's baffling. They join. And then we see the cell tower get cut out, so there's no more cell service. 
And we also see the sheriff joining. So all of the people that said they weren't going to go are just going now. Let's take a little break from the show to promote the many faces. That's right. I am also an artist. I do ink paintings on paper of abstract faces. A new face, a new painting gets released every single day over at InspiredDisorder.com. So head on over to my website to purchase original artwork directly from the artist. Also, there are prints available for select images. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com, buy original art, buy prints if that's your jam, if you want 8x10 prints on high-quality paper. Also, if you're looking to wear some art, there are shirts available with original artwork by myself. Select faces from the many faces are also available in t-shirt form. You go to InspiredDisorder.com, you buy original artwork, you buy prints, you buy shirts, you're supporting an artist directly. And if you're the type of person that likes to invest in NFTs, there are also NFTs available for select faces. Go to InspiredDisorder.com now. And now let's get back to the show. So the sheriff joins. He's at church with the Gunnings. All the people that said they weren't going to go, they went. You have Father Paul wearing the gold chasuble, which is the same one he wore on the first day when he came back. Miss Gunning or uh, Miss Keen called him out on wearing that chasuble, you know, which is supposed to be for special events. Tonight is the beginning of a new era, and we are meant to celebrate the resurrection tonight, and, and we will more than anyone ever has. But first, bless me, brothers and sisters, for I have sinned. It has been too long since my last confession. So, of course, now he confesses to the congregation that he himself is Monsignor Pruitt, standing before you, looking young and rejuvenated. And everybody's just like, okay, not really like nobody's surprised at anything in this community i mean i guess they were surprised when lisa stood up and walked there was some gasping going on you know they were angry that he would walk up on stage and force her to chase after her communion but as far as miss gunning looking young looking like she's in her 30s you know people were acting like she you know like she was just still an old lady walking without a walker. Like they were like, oh, you look so good. Not like, holy shit, you look like, I, who are you? Are you like a cousin? Like nobody like seems to believe that relatives would exist. Like even when Father Paul, a.k.a. Pruitt, confesses that he's Monsignor Pruitt, and he's like, you probably noticed by how I sound or maybe that how I look that you had your suspicions. It's like if anybody looked like a younger version of somebody else, the first thing you would assume and would have no problem voicing is that you look like you're related to blah, blah, blah. You look like you're related to Mrs. Gunning. You look like you could be their daughter, their son their cousin, their sibling, their, like you look related to them. 
That's what you would think. In a, a real-world scenario, if you saw a younger version of somebody else, you would not assume that that person regenerated. You would assume they're just related. Or you would at least comment on how similarly they look. Well, you look like a younger blah, blah, blah. But that's not... That kind of comparison doesn't exist in this show. So anyways, he confesses he's Pruitt. No real reaction. Uh, Miss Keen goes back to what seems like she's getting communion, right? She, they're going to do this demonstration with Sturge. And it looks like she's getting the, the, the uh, goblet or whatever of communion wine. But then the camera shows all of the canisters of poison. You see a bunch of plastic cups back there that are ready to go with trays. So we find out pretty quick that it's not communion that he's getting. It's that po he's being poisoned. And this is going to be the night of the poisoning. This is going to be what happens in so many cults where they drink the poisonous Kool-Aid. And everybody dies. Going to be resurrected. They're going to, they're going to ride the tail of Haley's Comet. So she goes back. She gets the poison. You see the canisters. Sturge drinks the poison. He gets the seizures, as everybody does. And he dies. Uh, the sheriff goes to leave. He's like, this is ridiculous. We're getting out of here. Grabs onto his son's hand. But as he goes to leave, there's the angel is standing in the doorway, and everybody's like, whoa, what is that? Lo, lo and behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and they were afraid. Have faith, brothers and sisters. I would not make you see what you have seen. I would not ask you to choose what you may choose without first showing you God's messenger. So the angel walks through the congregation, walks up on stage, opens his wings up. Everybody's like, <gasps> right? Everybody's surprised. They're like, wow, this demon thing. And he's, you know, this is what we were told in the Bible. This is why they always said, fear not. I am an angel. Uh, so he spreads his wings. And then all of a sudden, Sturge wakes up. And then they hand out the poison to everybody. And Sheriff tries to leave again. Right? Ali doesn't want to go. He's like, no, Dad. This is my family now. I'm into what they're doing. I don't want to go with you, Dad. So Ali, or uh, Sheriff, pulls his gun, which he doesn't carry. This is the first time, apparently, he's ever carried the gun. Pulls his gun. He's like, you need to stop doing this. And, of course, he gets tackled. The gun goes flying. I think he put, pulls off a shot but doesn't shoot anybody. He's, like, shooting at the, uh, the angel maybe. But I don't think he hits anybody. Anyway, the gun goes loose. He gets tackled. He's on the ground begging for his son not to, take the, to drink the poison. But, of course, Ali drinks the poison. I choose God, Dad drinks the poison he dies everybody else starts drinking the poison not everybody there's a few people that don't uh riley's parents don't drink they're like well like finally they're like okay maybe we've gone too far <laughs> maybe maybe our son had some uh, good points uh but everybody a lot of people majority of people are starting to down this poison which apparently 
Ali did take communion. Like, you have to have had communion. You have to have the vampire blood within you for this to work. Okay? So, like, I guess Ali, the only reason this makes sense and Ali didn't just kill himself for no reason is that they allowed him to have communion. But anyway, most of the people are drinking the poison. Uh, They're dying. They're, you know, they're all dying. Uh, And as that's happening, the old lady gunning, who's, you know, young now, she picks up the gun and she shoots Father Paul right in the head, right in the middle of the head, which is pretty great. And you see his eye twitching. He falls down. It's pretty great. She shoots, shoots twice. Uh, One misses, I guess. And then I get, you know, pretty accurate depiction of using a gun. You know, people aren't necessarily a great shot, but that second shot she fired. Uh, right between the eyes as far as uh, nailing him right in the head. Uh, and after she shoots him in the head, the angel attacks her, flying out of the the doors of the church. So she's gone. Uh, I mean, sh- maybe she gets turned or whatever, I'm sure. But uh, the angel attacks her. And Keen says that, don't worry, Pruitt will heal from this as his eyes, like, as he's laying on the ground with his eye twitching. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. We don't see if he wakes up or not. But she, she's pretty, she's confident that everything's going to work out all right. She also did not take the poison. She believes in all this stuff, but she didn't take the poison. But she says that he'll heal from this. Uh, and she tells everybody to take the sheriff to the back because they will need food later. So that is what she feels like. She is a human being, right? She is a human being, believes in all this crazy stuff, but values the life of other people in the same way she had zero value for Joe, calling him an it, having zero value for the life of the sheriff, considering him to be a snack uh, post-resurrection for everybody. Take the sheriff to the back. We'll need a snack later. This is the type of person Miss Keen is. And then Ali wakes up. All these other people start waking up. And all the people that did not take the poison are now being attacked by the people that were just poisoned and woke up. And so they're, they're the, being fed on by the people. And as that's happening... The few people that have level heads on them, right, try to escape to the back room, right? The sheriff gets to the back room, Dr. Sarah, Riley's mom, his dad doesn't make it. He ends up, uh, you know, trying to keep away, kind of sacrifices himself so his wife can, you know, live and get back there. So he ends up getting fed on. But Riley's mom makes it. Lisa makes it to the back. Aaron, obviously. Warren makes it to the back. And they see, as they get to the back and close the door, that Miss Keene had also escaped to that back room as well. She's hiding from what's going on. And she's also the one standing between them and the door out of the church. And she's like, what are you going to do? Right? They have a gun. What are you going to do? Shoot me? I'll just be back five minutes later. And without hesitation, probably the, my, the best part of this show so far, 
without hesitation, Aaron shoots Miss Keene in the chest. Yes, Miss Keene. But, of course, she wakes up. But it, it gives them time to run out. So they all escape. They all escape. Miss Keene doesn't get a chance to avoid what is happening to everybody else as carnage is going on in the, the, the main room of the church where everybody who is now a vampire is feeding all of the people that weren't vampires, eventually changing them into vampires, apparently. That's because that's what happens. You know, all these people that were there. So they escape. And uh, Miss Keene wakes up. And she sees, you know, the lights have these magical auras to them. She's been changed. She goes into the main church and she's like, let's open everything up. Open the doors. And Sturge is like, I thought I thought we agreed to close the doors to give everybody an orientation. <laughs> let's give all these monsters an orientation on what it's going to be like to be a Jesus vampire. And she's like, no, we're not going to do that. We're just going to. A man makes plans and God laughs. Open the doors and let, let chaos reign. Just let them all out. She doesn't care. And that's how the episode ends. Chaos, carnage in the church. Everybody that everybody that was there aside from like those six people are all vampires now. And the next episode is the last episode. And it's going to be, you know, I guess, you know, mass started. So maybe it's like 1 a.m. when everybody escapes, maybe 2 a.m. Don't know how long mass was before they decided to start poisoning everybody. But it's still plenty of nighttime before the sun comes up. So the next episode might just be how they survive until the sun comes up and they are some able somehow able to you know they kill them off in the sun i don't really know i don't really know what's going to happen obviously i haven't seen the last episode yet but that's where we're at you know kind of there's aspects of the show that bother me obviously i've made those opinions known you know how they treated joe kind of a bummer the thing with riley gets turned orientation for no reason just kills himself anyway everybody's just assuming the worst for riley aaron knowing that riley sacrificed everything to tell her to run she says that he sacrificed everything for her to fight the both gunnings having nothing to do with the church anymore have no problem going back to the church the sheriff, the same thing. No problem going to church with his son. Obviously, his son was going to go anyway, so that's probably why he went. I mean, I, I can understand why all these people would go, right? I can understand the gunnings, like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Not help? Let's help. But they don't show that. It just, last we knew, we're not going. And then all of a sudden, the carolers, carolers come by, and they're like, I guess we're going. Maybe they had a story that they cut out for time. Since everybody has to communicate in story form. Miss Keene finally got what was coming to her, kind of. I mean, now she's a vampire. But uh, I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. Riley's dad gets killed. I mean, he's probably a vampire now, too. 
you know, it's be interesting. I'm for sure. I'm going to watch this final episode tomorrow. I'm not going to wait throughout the week to watch it to see what happens. Uh, but I did because I do kind of enjoy it. Do have problems with this show, mostly because I have problems with Christianity, and I'm not a big vampire person either. So I'm sure those aspects are working against me enjoying the show more. Uh, but I do think it's well made. I do think the fact that people talk in long paragraphs makes sense because it is so similar to the Bible and how the Bible communicates through stories. So everybody that's involved with this story that's so tightly wound with the Bible, with Christianity, they all speak in parable. They all speak in story. So despite the fact that it's annoying, I, I get it. I get stylistically why things happen. It does feel like once things started happening, like the first few episodes felt like it was more fleshed out, more cohesive. And then once things started happening, there's a lot of logic jumps that start happening. And a lot of things just effortlessly get explained away when it seemed like it would be would have been a bigger aspect of the overall story like Littlefoot disappearing like people becoming younger like it seemed like there would be more to it people not really reacting to what's going on nobody at all acting like somebody would if they saw a younger version of somebody else uh, but all that being said I am interested to see how this all ends I'm excited to see how it all ends. It really depends on this last episode to to wrap everything up and hopefully make it like worthwhile. Anyway, uh, but that'll be next week. The last episode, which is the last episode, is Book 7, Revelation, obviously. So until then, watch your neck. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. And follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Out! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.